We want to welcome you to another House of Common. I am Andrew. I'm here with the guys tonight, and we want to say thank you for joining us on another episode. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube. You can see us on Facebook and Instagram. And when you're watching YouTube, just hit that subscribe button, hit like, add a few comments, let us know what you're thinking. And if you like to listen to podcasts, you can find us anywhere that you listen to a podcast. So you can, while you're shopping, while you're uh, driving in your car, while you're cleaning, you can listen to us and you can listen to our wonderful delightful voices as we are yelling in your ears our opinions so boys we're gonna get to it tonight so as we've been talking about we've this week has been crazy and so 2021 has started out in an interesting way we started out if you remember on a lockdown and finally you know near the beginning of february we got released from that lockdown a little bit a little bit you know we got put in the red some of us some of us stayed in and just last week we were put back into a lockdown, all right? You know, we also heard that uh, Peel District, their school board has been totally locked down and they're gonna be teaching online. And as of tomorrow, when this video, whenever this video airs, tomorrow, Wednesday, Toronto School Board will also be on lockdown. And so for us living in Durham, we're just waiting for that chance to take place because we know that we are going to be locked down as well at some point. But also talking about things, we're, we are also talking about vaccines and the rollout of these vaccines. And we're looking at all these other countries and how their rollout is going so well. And we are number 61 in the world when it comes to the vaccine rollout. Do you believe that? We're one of the G8, we're part of the G20, and we are one, we're 61, 61 in the rollout in terms of vaccines. Also, you know, we have businesses, small businesses that are frustrated because they are shut down once again. And so the middle class is basically being wiped out. And so people are frustrated. By the way, are you shopping local? We hope so, because we need you to support those small businesses because they need your support. But guys, I want to talk to you a little bit and ask your question. What do you guys think about this? We're in our third lockdown. It is now over. It's been over a year that we've been in lockdowns or some sort of lockdowns, whether it's been yellow, orange, red. I think for most of us, we've just been in that red and gray. I'm pretty sure. But how do you guys feel about these lockdowns? I want to hear your voices. I want to hear what you guys are thinking. Yeah, you know what, man? You said a lot of information in there, Andrew. Um, you said other countries are ahead of us. You said that people are frustrated. Um, the general public is frustrated with the government um, and that there is also uh, a small businesses frustrated with the government as well. And I think all those things, you, it's undeniable that something's not right in terms of the rollout of the vaccine, the management of the crisis and the information and how it's being told. Uh, there has to be a lot more clarity in terms of what do we expect from our government? What role do they play in the middle of a pandemic and a crisis situation where we're trying to mitigate death and overrun hospital quotas and all that kind of stuff? And I know hospitals are naturally and normally run at a high capacity, you know, in terms of volume. Um, but I do think that when you're seeing other countries surpass us in their rollout and surpass us in their flattening of the curve, that's where it's, I have a hard time, you know, keeping up with being supportive of what's happening. 
Um, a year ago, I think a lot of people were like, wow, every morning we're seeing Justin Trudeau and Doug Ford on our televisions giving reports and giving analysis of what the situation is. <clears throat> because it was brand new, um, you know, Trudeau was also handing out money um, because we were in like a, a bit more of a full lockdown. Schools were closed, strict limitations on how many people can go into a grocery store at a time. They were handing out checks. Now that we're a year in, um, and we have had multiple stanzas of this lockdown variance, whether it's been in green, red, purple, whatever color, and then, you know, shutdowns or stay-at-home orders, um, I think people are now worn out, which is exactly what I think a lot of people predicted. I think we might have even talked about this in the summertime. People will eventually get worn out of being told what in, what they can and cannot do. And so this is where we're kind of at right now, where you're, you have reached the limit of people. Um, for somebody to shut down their business um, or somebody to, you know, have to do homeschooling at a moment's notice, that's where they're going to be at the end of their rope. And we have to look at, is the government doing what's the best thing? I think they, they want to, but they're doing a very bad job at it they're not well equipped so my my hope would be that if we needed to do a lockdown let's do a for real lockdown kids at home businesses shut down we're going to do a proper 28 day shutdown and try to flatten the curve otherwise all of us doing a for lack of a better term a half-ass job of locking everything down uh, we're going to be in this cycle and we might be in jeopardy of missing out on our summer because we we will not have the proper things in place. You know, lastly, before I hand this off to whoever, you have states in America who are having baseball games at full capacity. You have states in America or in other countries that are having farmers markets and people are still operating. Flights are now available to go to Australia I think it's a big disgrace for Canadians who were known for the free health care for us not to be able to like properly manage the public health. Um, I know those are two different things, free health care and public health, but perception, right? Like why would the people have the free? So it, 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 it plays into that whole narrative. So I, I don't know how we can keep going on when we're like, when, when we see everybody else behaving in a way and, you know, America had the most death and they had a really hard time in terms of people catching COVID, transmitting COVID, dying from COVID. And yet somehow they have, they are further ahead in their vaccination rollout than we are. Um, and we, we have less population, um, less people to, to actually vaccinate. And from what I understand, we won't be able to vaccinate all of the frontline workers until the end of June, meaning that the rest of normal people who are under the age of 55, you ain't getting it until like September, October. So we're just late. I don't know. We're late. Yeah. Um, listen, in terms of lockdown or whatever, the handbrake or the shutdown or whatever. Emergency break. Get it emergency right. break. Emergency whatever. Break. Um, we actually haven't had a proper shutdown since the initial one last March. Yep. Um, like being on the streets of the six every day, like at eight o'clock, being able to literally drive up and down streets without, you know, stopping for another car. That's what that was like. This is this it almost sometimes feels like um, like it's no different than a regular day pre-COVID. Uh, I was at Pioneer Village subway station today and there is a full standing load on a bus. 
people going to work and people just going out and about Yorkdale went to Yorkdale a couple of weeks ago couldn't find parking in in a close enough to close to the front to the doors because there's so many people there the Eaton Center went went down the Eaton Center a couple of weeks ago people shopping and, and out and about I think people are sick and tired of the, the lockdowns and I think it when we look at our leadership, they had at the beginning, they had a lot of goodwill, you know, they were doing a great job. You know, they, you know, they're out in front, like Bart said, we, we saw Doug Ford, we saw Prime Minister Trudeau, uh, but they've, they've totally dropped the ball um, on, on, on this and the vaccine rollout. The CDC in the United States actually now warns people to avoid all travel to Canada. That's how bad it is because we can't get the vaccine rolled out. Um, Brazil, Chile, Turkey, much of Europe, these are places that, that um, you know, that are ahead of us when it comes to the vaccine. Think about this. The United States, as Bart said, had the, the highest death rate. They had a president who who pretty much um, didn't believe in the, the, the coronavirus. And yet now they're vaccine. They're handing out the vaccine at a ridiculous rate. Like I think in Florida now you can roll up and get a vaccine like at any time. And if you're under 18, you just need your parents' permission. So at some point in time, we have dropped the ball. Our leadership went from being really good to just crappy. And as I've said multiple times, because I, I enjoy looking at the politics of things, there's no possible way that people, especially in the GTA uh, in Toronto, can reelect John Tory, can reelect Doug Ford, can reelect uh Prime Minister Trudeau, because they they have failed us as people. We look in the city of Toronto and we notice that um, the the highest percentage of vaccine clinics are located in the places where there's the lowest amount of COVID cases, whereas the places where uh, like uh, Thistledown in the Albion area, Albion or Wilson Road area, has the highest amount of COVID cases and the least amount of vaccine clinics. There is a disconnect between you know, getting the vaccine to the right people and just getting the vaccine to people who have the, the scratch hole. And there's a huge problem that we've got out here. And I, I just, I like, none of these, none of these, these guys have done a horrible job. They've mismanaged it. We're sitting here in lockdown again, probably going into further restrictions based on a 680 report I just read uh, about an hour ago. Like the, this is totally, totally ridiculous. And now I think we're going to start to see some rebellion. We're going to see people in small businesses rebelling because at this point in time, you know, what else can they do? They have to survive. Imagine being a barber or a hair salon owner, and you can't have 10 people who you trust, who you know are going to follow all the guidelines. However, the 10 people, the ten, those same 10 people can go line up outside of Walmart with another 500 or so people outside of Costco. So I just, yeah, I think we're, we're, Man, we're we're really not looking good out here in these streets, the country of Canada. We're just not looking good to the world. So we're failing. I, I don't Steph, I don't know if I agree with the statement of what you're saying in terms of people are sick of lockdowns. I think what people are actually sick of are is the back and forth and the ambiguity of the lockdowns and no, stuff. No, no, people and are that. sick of lockdowns. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, people are sick of lockdowns. But the reality is is that, like, most people that you talk to are willing to do the thing that needs to get done, right, to get to, to eradicate or at least to suppress COVID. Most people that you speak to are like, yes, we can all agree that COVID sucks and we want COVID out of our society. And so we will do the thing that we need to do, which if it means that, if it means that we're going to have to be locked down for another 28 days, 
we will do that. But the problem is, is the ambiguity surrounding is that is that what the government is presenting is not actually a viable solution because you see the incredible amount of holes within the, the restrictions of what people are and are not allowed to do. And I'll use the example of um, Orange Theory. There's an Orange Theory downtown, and the guy was on Global News, and he was saying that he is now $150,000 further in debt because of the investments that he's made over COVID because of the of the stipulations that the government has put by which he's able to operate. And then the very next week or two weeks after, they've gone back. So at the beginning of COVID, they, they said, lock it down. So he shut his doors. He put his staff on leave and all these kinds of things, you know, temporary laid off, all that kind of stuff, what everybody did. And then the government says, okay, you can actually open back up at a limited capacity, gyms and everything like that. And then they shut the gyms down again. And then they said, you can actually work out outside. So he goes out and he buys equipment to go work out outside to provide a standard, you know, for people to be able to do and for him to be able to pay bills. He invests now further money into equipment. He invests into communication to his staff, the rehiring, the man hours, all these kinds of things that they have to put in when it's open, close, open, close. It doesn't just happen. It's not like you just unlock a door and suddenly you're back in business there's a whole bunch of man hours and what i think is most annoying about this you guys have covered a lot of really great things but what i what i what i what i see in this is like the lack of perspective that politicians have of everyday life you know what i mean of like people in everyday life it's it's as though you know they're 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 speaking these things but not actually understanding the real life implications and you see this with politicians that go on vacations and stuff and who get off the camera and go live their lives as though covid isn't happening and i think that's the aspect of this this whole thing is that like we're supposed to all be in this together but together for me is not together for you and it's oh, no. not the same You're right. it's not the same thing you know what i mean like in terms of i'm incurring i'm incurring thousands i'm incurring lifetimes of debt with this thing at, at, at what you're what you're telling me to do but you don't actually know what you're doing and you don't have a plan and that's a problem because i can accept it if it doesn't cost me anything i can wait it out but it's costing me every damn day and that's the frustration of the people yeah i mean all of you hit on some good points but uh i want to look at it at another angle because you know uh, our government does play a big part of this but also i think many of the people i mean this weekend you know with it being easter weekend and even other holidays prior i'm looking outside my door i see you know mr jones on the barbecue barbecue becky's grilling you know i mean all these people having five five six ten different people you know outside having parties and gatherings and if you think about it, I mean, even I'm hearing stories about, you know, the post office and Amazon, the, these type of workers, you know, large numbers of people getting COVID cases. And I mean, my, my wife were you know, having this discussion and I was like, these people who, who, for example, might work for Amazon or, or even for Canada Post, they're sitting in lunchrooms probably with hardly any social distancing masks off, they have to, they don't have an office to go to and that's how this thing is spreading. And so, you know, I mean, yes, it's definitely our government is playing a part and I feel like that there's some failure and so there's some levels of being in incompetence that they're showing, but also many of the people we're not following proper direction. And it's it's just a mess right now. I'm I'm just looking at the stats and then I'll end. So the so the US right now has vaccinated 167 million people. That's half the people. Also, they fully vaccinated 19%. Here in Canada, we've only vaccinated um uh, we've had 6.7 million, which is good, but then only a hundred thousand have been 
have had, you know, pretty much have had a full dose. So right now, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of, you know, issues, and a lot of conflicting things. And, you know, I'm just hoping going forward that there's some clarity that goes on and that we're actually able to make some change and some progresses because going back and forth, you know, for, I mean, how can you plan? You can't plan a business. You can't plan a church. It's hard for us to plan things for our families and other things as well. So, uh, uh, the the one takeaway I, I have uh, from this, and it's like I can jump off of this, is uh, here in Ontario, um, a lot of the COVID restrictions come at the provincial uh, level. Uh, working in an essential service, and as me and my coworkers like to say, our jobs that we do are essential, but don't confuse it with the fact that we aren't essential. What ends up happening is I've come to learn that uh, watching this entire thing is uh, our premiere. Uh, and for a lot of those that uh, are able to make uh, the policies, that they are kings and queens of half measures. That itself is just uh, the reality for, for everything. Um, it's like I think uh, to our own uh, premier, and it's like I hate to name the names, but I'm just going to call it out Doug Ford. Uh, Doug Ford is all right with making decisions that people won't like when he knows that the people won't like that won't like it are the people that don't like him anyway, so he doesn't like you. Um, what ends up happening uh, is... Uh, he's now running into this, this situation where uh, he is making decisions that even the people that like him uh, are now being ups are now upset uh, about the decisions that he makes. And so he is now more concerned with playing politics and trying to secure the vote for the next round um, while also keeping us safe and it's uh, something that like i myself i work in a mall i work in the Eden center and uh it's like seeing the news of uh, yorkdale it's like i i sat there and i read it and i was like yeah okay it's like it's been like that from time uh it's just one of those things that people have been running in two malls uh as if uh COVID isn't a thing. Uh, and it's uh, when all this is said and done, what I've got to say uh, uh, to cut uh, some slack uh, to our prime minister, uh, it is something that when we look at it, he is not fully at fault and it's not to absolve him. Uh, because the reason that we are so behind in our vaccine rollout is that the infrastructure uh, isn't there. Uh, what ended up happening is in the 80s, uh, uh, the Canadian government at that time started to claw back uh, the resources and the infrastructure to be able to, to facilitate uh, the manufacture of vaccines in this country. And what ended up happening was we have found ourselves uh, 40 years uh, down the road, uh, with our pants down uh that itself is the reality uh and it's one of those things that uh 
yes, okay. Uh, he didn't do anything to resolve it, but uh, it's uh, no one else did anything along the way. And so that itself is the reality. Um, I'll be really quick. I'm going to um, hit on something that Stefan said. Um, so data um, shows that um, postal codes in the St. Clair and Rosedale area and Forest Hill area and Forest Hill South area have a higher um, higher help with vaccines than the lowest uh, lowest spaces in postal code in the GTA, which is Jane and Finch. Um, the highest postal code with the most vaccinations are in Sarnia, and the second highest is in Kingston. And the rate of hospitalization to death is zero for, per 100,000 people in Kingston, Ontario. And what we're seeing is... Um, and and there's different there's different uh, gifs on 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 social media where you can see it gets darker, no pun intended, closer into the city into the GTA where the COVID cases are, and then it gets lighter but darker where the vaccinations are, and that's all outside of Toronto. It's all outside of the GTA. It's all in different spaces in Ontario where the cases are low, and um, the classism found here where the votes are the classism in terms of who is whether whether or not on this show wherever else whether you're pro-vaccine anti-vaccine the fact that the fact that people are are thinking about the fact that some people are getting and others aren't and when you're actually able to see that even here in our country class and color actually still matter in terms of where all these things go is actually is really 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 frustrating. Just came in today, uh, really quickly, just to update you guys. Um, in high high priority areas in in New York region, the age has now changed to forty five and up. So if depending on where you live in Markham or in Vaughan or in in Newmarket, um, if you are forty five and up, you can now up, you can now uh, book for for the vaccine. Um. So I think that's that's a good thing, um, even though it's really hard to get one, to get a booking. And I'll simply, just my own personal thing, I'm a parent, um, and I have two kids who are just tired of constantly worrying about whether or not they're going to be able to go to school. And that's a really frustrating thing. I don't know if those of you who have, who have uh, kids on, on the show, if your kids are the same way, my kids are, they're not online learners. They're in-class learners, and so... The stress of having to prepare for the last two months, um, last two months to possibly um, do this online again, knowing that the last time they were online, both of my kids got phone calls from this from teachers saying they're not engaged, they're not doing the work that they should be doing, and realizing that yeah, it's because they'd rather be sitting in their rooms doing other stuff, um, and so that's that's my own personal story recognizing that I have friends of mine who have businesses who are constantly having to free I'm not saying I'm not saying anything that anyone else hasn't said. Uh it is what it is. Also California is opening up fully um mid June. That's the plan there. So again, the states are beating us. Well send baby, let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm down let's fam. fly. But no, I think when you look at it and like I don't wanna beat a dead horse or anything but I think we, not I think, I know, we screwed up royally with our bootleg lockdowns. Like, that's that's literally what they are. And honestly, I would lean 
so heavily uh, on the side of just locking things down. Like you look at places like Australia that you look at places like, and I know their government operates differently, but you look at places like China where they literally lock down straight two weeks, three weeks, get whatever you need, stay in your house. We're putting stuff on your door. And I know part of that takes away our freedom, but I think throughout all of this from what our um, government officials have said and what we as a population have done i think we stripped our own freedoms away by the dumb decisions that we've all made collectively and yeah it sucks because some of us actually did abide by the rules that we were supposed to but a lot of us have played on a sports team or have played a team sport and the reality is you can do your part but if your team isn't you're probably going to lose and i don't think enough of us are, are taking that mindset into this and it's unfortunate but yeah i think i think we need a hard pause lockdown where like yo we are everyone shook their head <laughs> we need we need a lockdown where, yo, we're not leaving our houses for two weeks. Like, you you see the results of countries that have done this. Chill, 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 chill. They, chill no, 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 no. It, it literally got to that point, though. We, we've seen the outcome of countries that have done this. They are operating at 100% now. They are I able think to there's a roll out. Is there, though? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, New Zealand is an island <laughs> country, man. Is there? There's there's a little bit different. Like New Zealand, they've eradicated it, but they're an island country, so they can restrict whoever comes into the country. We we share what three, four, five, seven open border crossings with the United States, where we there's a exchange of goods and services every day coming in. There are trucks coming leaving this country and going coming in. I don't think it's at, that easy for us to do that. Right? Sure, like, but then what what's our excuse to be behind the states? Then we don't have the if, manufacturing if abilities. Yeah. We don't have but, the manufacturing plants in Canada. But we know you what runs a lot of that stuff is money. And, and it's no, private. We are listening, but we also know what runs vaccines and what can get us vaccines is by paying money. And our government has been lacking in a lot of those things. So simply chalking it up to we don't have manufacturers for a vaccine is also a fatal flaw because we, we look at even the group here. It wasn't two months ago. No, no, hold on. Two months ago, most of the people in this chat were like, yo, I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm waiting to see what's yeah. going to happen. But then two, yeah, two months down the road now, what we're talking about. No, it does, because we're looking at areas and stuff like that that aren't getting the vaccines and aren't booking up places. But two months ago, we had a mindset of, nah, I'm going to let other people do it. And then when I see is safe, I'm now going to jump on that. But now we're two months in and seeing that, yo, we're actually not going anywhere. And now we're more inclined to get the vaccine because we're looking and going. No, 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 we're not more inclined. I'm still waiting for everybody else to get All the right. vaccine. All right. Then so you're part on. of the problem no, 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 now. No, no, All no. right, guys. All right. So we're going to take a little bit of a detour here right now because we could be talking about this little topic forever. We did something today where we posted out a thing about, hey, give us a call ask us some questions and so we do have some questions that are going to be brought forth to us and calvin i know you want to speak so once the question is said 
I want you to speak. I want you to go free, man. I want you just to just share your heart. All right. So we're going to hit that first question there. Tim, you've got the audio. And so hit that first question so we can hear what it is and we'll respond. Hi, I'm Zach. I work in the service industry as a food producer in Brantford. There are definitely some differences regarding the focal point of frustration going into lockdown number three. I do think that the government is making the required call when it comes to tightening things up right now, but I also feel like this one could have been avoided if we had to tighten things up earlier on. This time around, the businesses that have been told to close, even though they may have a perfect track record when it comes to the protocols they have in place, this one hurts even more. Like back a year ago, um, anyone who closed their books for good couldn't survive the first lockdown. Like I feel those places were unsustainable and should have been shutting down in the next decade anyway. But the places that persevered through it had a chance to reopen and then are now getting whiplash. Um, it, at least some of that is on the people that we have elected into power for not coming up with a better plan. Yeah, I think Zach said it well. I think that there's an uh, element that our leaders in place, elected officials, are not being proactive anymore. It's completely reactive. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, when I think about the industry that's being hit the hardest, when you, it's the personal services. And I've been hearing a lot of my friends out in conversation, seeing a lot of them trying to take action um, in a legitimate sense. Uh, trying to give education, trying to get a petition signed, uh, trying to speak to local officials, trying to speak to our uh, elected officials, again, that, that are leading these charges. And when you're making up for 0.3% of all of the thing that we're afraid of contributing, 0.3% of it all, and they're being shut down, people who can't cut hair, people who can't um, do what they do, their livelihood, um, getting a CERB check that they really could make in a few days, but they have to get it stretched over two weeks. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I hear what he's saying that we could have done better. Um, O'Shea, to your point, yes, we, we could have done better. We could have locked down legitimately. And I think the fact that we don't have a legitimate rollout plan for our vaccines is a major, major issue. But it's not because um, we did things foolishly as citizens. Like the decisions that our country made by not allowing travel, by not allowing trade, is what stalled us getting what we needed to roll out. And then, hey, yeah, we're behind the states because a lot of it is that it's privatized healthcare. If you have money, you can go get your shot. And right now, we're trying to roll it out to people who don't want to get the shot. Anybody that I know who has received the shot in the last few weeks has said that they were in and out and so many more people could have gone through. We have tons of bookings that are not being eaten up. And Adam, I, I hear what, I see you, I see you. But there's a lot of people who are not showing up for appointments. And because we have a universal healthcare system, the people who should be getting it aren't getting it. And it doesn't make sense. It's oh, frustrating. So what, you're saying, what you're saying is it's not the people's fault. It's the politicians' faults for allowing people to do things. No, it's these fake lockdowns, a poor infrastructure, terrible rollout plan and no ability to be proactive everything's reaction but two twos if you know what's good and what's bad but you're allowed to do both what are you going to choose what are we talking like, about 
at, like, at some point. I no, can't no, no. like like I can't go I, to I, the grocery I, store without getting sick because I have to wait till September because Shirley doesn't want to get her shot. No, but at some point, some onus has to go on us, though. No, like if you're like if you're allowed to meet with 25 people, but you know that you're putting yourself and your family at risk, like you can go, but you have to understand the risk that you're putting yourself and other people in. And to completely say that that's not on people is foolish because you have that it's, decision. No, it's not. It's not to say it's, it's saying that here's what we need to do to fix it and not having the ability to fix it. So please wait until I figure it out. Like know what you're doing and roll it out or don't. But, but onus still goes on us as the people as well. Yeah, but there's lots of misinformation. There's been lots of different humming and hawing and this and that or here or there and in two weeks and two months and seven years. Who knows? So, yes, people are the problem, but I wouldn't put it on your average citizen who lives down the block from you. It's the people who are in charge. How are kids going to school when teachers can't get vaccinated yet? That's the dumbest thing. But you have the option to have your kids online, but people are still sending their kids in person. Yeah, but come on, the, the fatigue. That comes down to the, mental illness. Yeah, and there's and all kinds of other, other like public health. Public health is all over the place right now. Andrew it's not good. Involved. All right. Oh, no, I, 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 I back off. Stay, back stay out of this, Andrew. Stay out of this, Andrew. Stay out of this. more to talk about. That's my Everybody clear out. Everybody clear out. We appreciate your call. All right, Bart, you go up. Go. You're ready to go? No, we have... We have Steph though. Steph has no, let Bart go. Let, go. Oh, let Bart go. I've spoken a lot. Let Bart go. Let Bart go. I'm not going to be long because I know we've been talking about this topic for a long time. And a lot of you have already said a lot of the big things public um, health care system versus private care health care system, and the responsibility of individuals versus the responsibility of the elected. Um, all those things are super important when it comes to determining, I guess, where the crack is. And I think it's a combination of all the things. Um, people, like I, like I think I said this in our previous half of our segment, people are now at the end of their rope, and so they are acting in a way which seems best for them, no longer what is best for the collective. And so that's how you can see however many people we saw outside of New Yorkdale Mall this past uh, uh, weekend, and that's why I saw a bunch of cars lined up on either side of my street. Because people are like, you know what? The government is so um, irresponsible in, in, their, in, their, in their protection of us, we might as well try to do it ourselves. And what they're doing is end up being selfish. And the selfishness is what makes them do things that are done. And where, what O'Shea's talking about, says, the Otis is now on you, because now, who told you to go bring food to so-and-so and so-and-so to go to their house for Easter? But it's it's also part of the other narrative, which is what Calvin was talking about. Well, because there was, the rules were not, um, not stringent, but the rules were not laid out clearly enough, now you put the onus on the individual to make decisions. And the issue with the individuals making decisions is that they, most of the time, the perspective is limited or focused in and amongst themselves. We're so that's why you have government. That's why you have government to have wider reaching perspectives to understand the, the whole dynamic scope and to make proper decisions, but they failed miserably at that. And so in turn, they failed us. We have also failed each other. And that's kind of where I see what Zach was talking about and where that dichotomy comes from. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to oh, go. 
I'm just, I'm going to bring up a something that I brought up in a show in the past where I I, I was working for the city and I met with uh, uh, um, an MPP and we were asking for funding and at the end of the conversation I had he said he wasn't even give funding to the program because um, uh, the people that I was uh, have asking for the funding for weren't individuals that vote. And I think when it comes to the beginning of where everything kind of went in the direction that it was, uh, Chase, you kind of brought it up a little bit. Um, a lot of the decisions that were made initially were just political moves. They were trying to make decisions to please certain individuals earlier on. And then uh, things kind of snowballed after that. And so once they started making these decisions to try to please the people that will keep them in power, these these are politicians at the end of the day, and they essentially stay in the roles that they're in uh, by votes. And so if they please the individuals that vote the most, uh, that will keep them in office. And so initially, I, I think what played into some of the decisions politically that were happening were to please those individuals. What happened then, though, is those decisions were short-sighted and they were Band-Aid solutions. And with those Band-Aid solutions and those decisions that didn't actually consistently make sense, that's when it led to more people, and O'Shea, you're talking about it, who were then rebelling against what was taking place, which has led to where we are right now. And where we where we see the same, even the same individuals that are hoping to, to help, such as the small businesses and the medium, you know, medium-sized businesses who were are a lot of, were within that demographic, a lot of those individuals do vote. A lot of the early decisions uh, that they weren't expecting to actually then affect where we are right now, now has affected them. So even if you listen to the small business, the individuals that are there, they were expecting things to play out a certain way because things were communicated to them um, and it wasn't communicated with actual, uh, with a real understanding of where this was going. This was a fresh thing that nobody's ever dealt with. Politicians at large never never dealt with something like this and now it's gotten to a place where they can't they don't know how to handle it and it's led to where we are right now and so i just think i do i do think at this point forget the band-aid solution this is my opinion i do think where we where we need to go is just one hard lockdown shut everything down for a time everybody shut it down nobody's allowed allowed out and let's now try to get this thing, you know, back on track. But if we continue to do these spending solutions, trying to uh, support this group and then that group and then this group, we'll never. If we're going to continue to play the political game where you're trying to please certain people and individuals and not just think about what's best for everybody at large, we're going to continue to be in the situation that we are right now. And so I think what, what is needed is just total total lockdown. And once we lock down for a certain time, hopefully after coming out of that, we're, we'll be at a way better place than we are right now. All right, so we have one more question that we're going to go to, and this is from Niels, uh, one of our regular listeners. And so we're going to let him ask his question. And lastly, um, with COVID and lockdowns, I have a question for you guys. Um, do you really think that the politicians have our best interests at heart? Or are they using this to advance their own agenda and take advantage of its people? Um, if the answer to your question is, I don't think a government would ever do that to its people, um, I, I think you should dig a little deeper because it'd be, I'd be really curious to, to hear what you guys have to say. I think that there is an agenda and I think we're being duped. I'll leave it at that. That's my hot take. 
Thanks for all your work. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should have hot. Fawn's been waiting for this, Step man. So Fawn has been listening to uh, News 1010 for the last one, 15 years, waiting for one, this right here. One shining moment. Here we go. <laughs> so Stefan jumped on this podcast for this very moment right here. All right, this let him it. go. Let him go. Let him go. Um, I, I, if you re- there's an article this past weekend, Toronto Star, where uh, Doug Ford and the Progressive Conservative Party uh, that governs in Ontario pro- uh, right now, uh, they're using their provincial powers to help uh, developers um gain access to some pretty um pretty highly held land in the province uh so mzos uh their zoning orders used by the province um can authorize development regardless of local like rules and use for for land planning use uh decisions and so it's come out that the government has actually been using these 33 of them since april alone um to, to sort of make way for developers who are connected to the government um, <laughs> to to allow them to use um, to bypass some of the um, to bypass the rules that have been put in place and so I think there is an element to this fact that there's things going on in the back end uh, and the behind the scenes that we're not able to see uh, that we're not paying attention to that we're not seeing Wow. I don't think that COVID is a hoax, though. Please, let's not get there. I think that um, I know people close to me who have gotten COVID, who who have struggled with it. And we've seen superstar athletes get COVID. And I think it was Van Vliet the other day said one quarter he's good and then the next quarter he's just totally winded. So COVID is a thing. I just, you know, we need to stop believing in the conspiracy theories and the hoax that are out there uh, because not everything is a conspiracy theory. Not everything is like, you know hey, there's something else going on in the background. Um, there are things happening here, but I don't think the COVID itself is a conspiracy theory. I would think that we need to, you know, just go to talk to someone who knows someone who's passed away from COVID um, and ask them if it's a conspiracy theory. I think the guy that's running around, uh, oh, man, what's his name? He's on Six Buzz, who was put on a no-fly list recently. Chris Guy. Yeah, that Chris guy's Guy. Idiot. That guy's a fool um, because he's walking. Anyway, we have people like that, and those are the people drawing attention and not the um, – someone's loved one. I said, I meant someone's loved one. Um, <laughs> you're so dumb, Cal. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. You throw Steph, me off. Steph, getting the Ouija board out. I should have closed the chat. I should have closed the chat. I should have closed the chat. That was ISO. Yo, Adam, send him the book. Send him the book. Oh, ISO. Yeah. ISO. All right. Oh, my goodness. Who's next? I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think uh, for, there are people that believe it in like, – are thinking conspiracy wise, but I think there's other people that it's not just conspiracy. They're just being critical thinkers, like based on the information that's being put out, they're looking at it and they're saying, what you're telling us doesn't make sense. And I, I think that's what, what we've talked about already. It's led to why some of the people are rebelling to some of the rules, because you're, you're saying one thing for, for this group or this type of business. And then for another business, it's this, or you're saying, you know, um, you're you're saying for us to take uh, a vac uh, a vaccine that how many other uh, countries around the world are are saying there's how many issues with it and so I don't I think people are looking at it at stuff like that and saying um, and saying like this doesn't make sense it's 
conspiracy theorists would be one saying just taking information from out of nowhere and try to to be able to present something but if yeah but cream a lot of people are getting their information from just like you know the daily planet that's where and i'm not saying that that doesn't exist but then there's a lot of people that are thinking it's just more about about my epoch times (laughs) (laughs) the national inquirer if that's what you're into that's what you're into but i'm saying but then there's a there's a a large population of people where they're just looking at the information and saying that the information that's being presented doesn't make sense so i am skeptical of just following whatever it is that you tell me because what you've been telling me obviously hasn't been helping us at large and so they're skeptical, skeptical to even listen. It would be like, you know, uh, you're, you're going to a, a church and one of the, you know, the pastor is, you know, leading, going somewhere. And then you look at the fruit of that and you're like, there's no way I'm going back to that church. I'm not listening to this guy ever again. And so that's what's happening, I think, for a large population of people. People are looking at what's being presented <laughs> from the leaders at large and, and they're like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really about this. Present something to me that makes sense and I'll follow that. People often confuse, you know, um, a conspiracy theory with the actual idea of a politician. A politician is somebody who has so many other plates that are spinning at the same time, and there are private interests in other people's... There's no <laughs> nice way to say this. There's other people's hands in his pockets. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and there's so much money involved. And whenever there's money and power involved, there is corruption involved. So yeah. it's not that it's a conspiracy, but it is a shady business. Yeah. And when you're dealing with that much power, the most um, uh, uh, largest industry or economic uh, uh, power in the country of Canada is is Ontario. Mm-hmm. There is so many other things that are happening behind the scenes. So I think, you know, what um, I believe Neil is the person's name is is that feeling you're feeling is that you don't have all parts of the story. And that is 100% true. We don't have all angles of the story. But that's why we elect these people. We elect these people for not just the good times, but for the bad. So, yeah, but when, um, but when they have electoral cycles, it also incentivizes them to behave a certain way to be make certain elected. Mm. I didn't elect them. All right, Chase. I, th- I think it's really, really <laughs> simple. I think there's a difference between a virus being a conspiracy and the handling of a yeah. virus being a conspiracy. Yeah. Right? I think that's a big difference. We all know people. Safan said it. We all know people who have gotten sick. I have two family members who have died from COVID and not it was written down afterwards as COVID, but like legitimately we I we weren't I weren't we weren't able to bury them. They died from the COVID virus. I have two other immediate family members who got the COVID uh, nineteen, the first variant. So there's a difference between the virus being yeah. a conspiracy and how it's being handled and where the money goes and and what we're learning and what we're not learning about the rollout and what we're learning and not learning about big business and why big businesses are being allowed to be open and small businesses are, are being closed. I think that part I can understand because we're not getting all the answers on that. I think it's important to kind of separate the two because to do that insults those – to say that it's a conspiracy and this has been kind of created by – insults those who have had to bury loved ones and hopefully if you're listening to our show you don't feel that from us um but you you, we recognize your loss the pain that you're going through but i would agree that there's i 
I'm consistently confused by what we're hearing. There's never a moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because at one point, if you remember in the United States of America, um, when at the beginning, Donald Trump, the former president, was saying it's not a big deal. It's going to go away like a flash. It's going to go away like a mirage. It's going to go away like a miracle. And then on record, he was he was recorded as saying, I didn't want to freak people out. I want to, I didn't want to cause panic. I didn't want to bring down the stocks, that sort of stuff. And so there was a reason why he said didn't make it a big deal. One, he didn't really believe in himself. But two – because he was thinking about the money, he was thinking about you know the 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 the, lead, the, the line of the of the, the my great the best TV show of all time, The Wire. Follow the money, follow the money, follow the money. He was following the money, and when money is involved, corruption is always involved. When corruption is always involved, conspiracies are involved. So I think it's really important to kind of separate the two. That's that's my piece. Anybody yeah. else? Yeah, I think, but it's something. So I, I was reading uh, last week about Solomon and he was just talking about how there's justice here, you know, how, you know, the courts, there's always not justice government, you know, there's justice been sometimes there's not justice. And I think, I think just with this whole COVID thing that once again, that's what we're seeing, you know, we're, we're actually seeing how, you know, how some people, and even, you know, even we've all talked about this big businesses, there are some big industries, like some of the entertainment players who are struggling. So it's just very interesting how you know this virus has affected uh so many of us in in so many different scenarios and also um and also if, if we think about it like you know we know what what we don't know and you know we we all have our theories and thoughts and you know and we have our information but there's so much stuff that we just don't know whether that be about the virus or even about the whole handling or some of the things that might be on the plate on on our politicians and some of the decisions that they have to make Listen, through this this whole thing, what we do know is this. COVID is real. There's an issue that's not being taken care of properly. And when you've got no understanding, you'll get rebellion. And so we have a society right now that is just confused. They're angry. They're upset. And so they just want some clarity to be able to walk through the next few months, be able to get this thing taken care of so that we can go about and live our lives. Because that's what we all want. We just want to live our lives. And so for those of you that are watching, be safe. Take care of yourself out there. Watch over your loved ones. Cherish them. Make sure they're protected. And do your best to help our society get better. This is the House of Commons. Hold on, 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 hold um, uh, Richard Southern from 680 News breaking the Ford government will announce an Ontario wide stay at home order tomorrow. Non-essential retail will be restricted to curbside pickup only and big box stores will be restricted to essential aisles only. Damn. So it, before it gets better, it is going to get worse. We knew that. This is effective as a one. It's effective as of tomorrow. This will be announced tomorrow. When it gets when I it heard goes a rumor practice, about this. So when, when it goes into tomorrow. practice, we don't know yet, but this is this is what will be announced tomorrow. Tomorrow is well, it'll probably go in Thursday at noon. Yeah. Sorry, boys. Get that total of paper, y'all. Even want to close this is, how, how do I close this? This this has been House of Commons. This is been the end game. Go Walmart and get all the toilet paper you can. Yeah. This has been the House of Commons. Save up, boys and girls, <laughs> because this is going to be a long one. <laughs>